Welcome to the Taproom Exclusive. I am your host, Dean Zarbaugh. Today's show is sponsored by House of Helga. Are you a brewery looking for some vibrant, stunning artwork to slap on that freshly bottled or canned beer? Or maybe you're starting a brewery and need help coming up with a logo. If so, contact House of Helga for all your design needs. They've worked with Masthead, Streetside, and yours truly here at the Taproom Exclusive. You can check out Kyla's entire portfolio of incredible work at houseohelga.com. On today's show, I chat with Jake Turner, brewmaster for Mays Valley Brewery in Hartville, Ohio, over their Silo Killer Belgian-style farmhouse ale. But first, a taste of what's going on in the craft beer world with this week's Tasting Glass, brought to you by Northeast Ohio Craft Brewery News. The Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, announced on their social media the return of one of the more unique craft beer fests to launch last year. The Pro Football Hall of Fame named the first 30 breweries to participate. Last year's fest included at least one brewery from each NFL city, Royal Docks, Magic City Brewing Company, Missing Mountain Brewing Company, Crooked Pecker Brewing Company, Arche Brewing, Noble Creature Cask House, Masthead Brewing, and Sandy Springs Brewing Company are among the locals already confirmed. The fest will take place on Saturday, May 9th. For more information, check out Northeast Ohio Craft Brewery News on Facebook. Join Market Garden on Sunday, March 8th for the release of their collab with the Pink Boot Society Cleveland Chapter and a celebration of International Women's Day. Hidden Figures, named in honor of the late NASA mathematician Katherine Johnson, is a New England-style double IPA brewed with the Pink Boot Society hop blend of Azaka, El Dorado, Laurel, and Idaho gem hops. The beer was fermented with a signature East Coast Burlington yeast strain, which creates a very aroma-forward, full-bodied, and juicy, less bitter IPA. Market Garden Brewery will be donating $1 of each glass sold to the Pink Boot Society Cleveland chapter. Pink Boot Society is a 501c3 organization and scholarship fund that helps women in the industry attend educational seminars, classes, certifications, and tours. Using the scholarship program, Pink Boot Society aims to empower women beer professionals to advance their careers through education. Scholarship opportunities are open to women anywhere in the world who are actively employed in the beer industry. Katherine Johnson, a mathematician who was one of NASA's human computers and an unsung hero of the space agency's early days, passed away Monday, February 24th. She calculated the flight path for America's first space mission and the first moon landing and was among the women profiled in the book and movie Hidden Figures. She was 101 years old when she passed away. Be sure to check out my interview with Pink Boots Society Cleveland Chapters Kelly Legan and Katerina Martinez at thetaproomexclusive.com. I hope to see you all at Market Garden on Sunday. John Benson of Cleveland.com is reporting that Parma, Ohio is getting a microbrewery. The nearly 9,000 square feet Schnitz Ale Brewing is owned by the team behind Das Schnitzel House, located right across the street. It will be Parma's first brewery and continue Ohio's track towards 400 breweries statewide. Schnitz Ale plans to offer 8 to 10 taps with Kolsch's to IPAs and everything in between. For more on this, check out John's article on Cleveland.com. Shirley McFarland, special to Cleveland.com, is reporting that North Royalton's first brewery, Blue Monkey Brewing Company, is now open for business, featuring five different beers on tap. A blonde stout called Salted Caramel, a porter called Colobus and its peanut butter variant, an India pale ale called Jungle Juice, and an American pale ale called Vineswinger. 
For more information on this, check out Shirley's article on Cleveland.com. Rick Arman of the Akron Beacon Journal is reporting that Homestead Beer Company is opening a new 2,000 square feet location at the Food Truck Depot in Delaware. The plan includes a one-barrel pilot system for them to make Delaware-exclusive drafts, in addition to their core offerings. For more information on this story, check out Rick's article on beaconjournal.com. And that's all for this week's Tasting Glass. Be sure to subscribe to the Taproom Exclusive on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Store, Podbean, or your favorite podcasting app today to have new episodes automatically downloaded to your phone, computer, or mobile device. And my interview with Jake Turner from Mays Valley in Hartville, Ohio is up next. Welcome to the Taproom Exclusive. I'm Dean Zarbaugh. I'm here with Jake Turner at Mays Valley Winery and Craft Brewery. Uh, thank you, Jake, for for being here today and having me out. Uh, this is a really nice, uh, really nice space you guys got in here. Yeah, yeah. So this is a uh, kind of just a redone, you know, old barn that they restored and turned into the tap room market, you know, wine bar restaurant. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's got a nice, it's got a nice vibe to it. Um, very, very welcoming. Um, it, it, this is a, I, I didn't know what to expect coming out here. Uh, it's my first time down here. Uh, I, the closest I've gotten was when I did Madcap a little bit ago. Uh, so I didn't know. This is this is just really cool space. How long has the brewery side here been? Uh, so the brewery's been open since 2014. Um, I got involved before it was open. Uh, started brewing beer earlier in that year, probably around May. And then uh, we got it all up and going on a Labor Day weekend. So Okay. Yeah, so we've been around for for a little over five years now. Nice, so. and then the the winery side existed before this. Uh, it opened two thousand four. I think it was two thousand five. Two thousand five. Yeah, um, and it, I it, it's a nice. Uh, you, we pull in and you just, there's a whole farm and everything here. I mean, it's yeah, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's crazy cool. It's very much a uh, like agritourism type destination. We do an enormous fall festival every year where we're getting you know four or five thousand people through on a weekend for corn maze and you know all the pumpkin chucking and yeah. all kinds of stuff going on back there so it's it's a big attraction in the fall for sure um and for the rest of the year i mean people come out here you know we got a huge basically four season patio now out there uh but you know summertime the views out back and stuff are all real nice it, you can see everything up on the hill and oh man yeah so it's kind of an it's, a, it's definitely a cool space, and you know we're out of the way. We're out in the middle of farm country here. Yeah. <laughs> but, it's a unique experience for sure. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, but it's definitely a destination worth getting out to. Uh, what guy? What was it that got you into into craft brewing? Um, I think uh, you know my story is not too dissimilar from a lot of brewers. I uh, started home brewing, uh, boy, probably about ten years ago or so at this point, and uh, just went mad with it uh <laughs> i think it's kind of one of those things that either you you start it and you do a couple of batches and they fail horribly right or you uh you know start brewing beer and you get obsessed with it and then uh you're just constantly trying to do better um and that's that's what it kind of appealed to me with i mean i was a 
full-time firefighter. <laughs> uh, oh, really? Yeah, and, uh, you know, I got into homebrewing, and there was a couple of guys on the department that were homebrewing, and I was like, oh, you can make beer at home? Like, it's <laughs> awesome. And uh, so I got into it, and I went nuts, and everybody else kind of quit doing it after a while, and yeah. <laughs> then I You just kept going? Yeah, kept going, and now now that's all I do, so. <laughs> <laughs> just You just went full force. Well, it worked out. Yeah. Uh, what was the first batch that you brewed? What style? Uh, so um, IPA, okay. you know, yeah. <laughs> just went for it. I was like, how many hops can I jam into a five-gallon <laughs> carboy? Let's uh, see what happens. So. How did it turn out? Uh, from what I remember, it was good. Um, but I'm sure if I tasted it today, I would be horrified. I'm sure there's like probably hot mess. way too much caramel malt <laughs> and, uh, you know, the mistakes everybody was making yeah. <laughs> back in the day. So. You, don't, you never nail it on the first try. No, you, you get no. close, yeah, but you probably never nail it on the first try. <laughs> I don't think I, so. I don't have, I, I, I can't, I, I haven't sat down to actually try to try to brew on, on a homebrew system at all. I can't. I just don't have the patience to do it, man. It's and that's understandable because it does require a lot of patience because you're going to stare at that thing every day. Yeah. And <laughs> like, if I, if I screw up, I'm the kind of person who just gets like really just like, I'm like, all right, I'm just done. Yeah, just right, burn I it just down. Get, yeah. Just burn it to the ground. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I just like, I, I try to take the time, uh, to, to take a breath and everything, but I feel like that would just get really get under my skin really quick. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I let you guys do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just enjoy it. Uh, we are enjoying the uh, Silo Killer right now, which is a uh, Belgian-style farmhouse. Yep. Um, talk a little bit about it and what made you decide to do this and what uh, what's the profile of this beer? So uh, I love Saison DuPont. Uh, That's oh, one yeah. of my absolute favorites. And so I basically wanted to make a mock Saison DuPont with like local ingredients. Uh, this is all... Pilsner malt from West Branch malts. Okay. Um, the hops aren't local. They're they're East Kent Golding, you know, hops. But just something very, very simple. Just let the, uh, you know, it's hot fermented with the Belgian Saison yeast. Uh, you know, you just let that yeast character kind of shine. And it just, it's, it's finishes so dry and it just has like that nice, light, kind of like crisp. But then it's got, you know, a little hint of like, you know, apple and pear. Mm-hmm. And then you get the clove and the pepperiness uh it's just a really for for as simple of a beer as it is it just the character there is uh, i you know i love this beer it's yeah this <laughs> is this is nice this is something that you can sit down and drink a couple of yeah yeah uh, it's it's a little higher in abv than i would say most uh saisons are i mean it's not walking dangerously anywhere it's like seven and a half percent but it's uh you know, normally you find them around the six and a half yeah. to seven percent range but yeah it doesn't so. it doesn't uh it doesn't feel seven percent when you're drinking it which is nice no and i think uh you know you hear a lot of times and we'll get into i mean we've got obviously another beer coming later on that's definitely a bit heftier but it also masks its alcohol well um it's I think brewers have gotten good these days at brewing higher ABV beers without a lot of fusel alcohol character, mm-hmm. which was not the case, you know, <laughs> five to ten years ago. Right. Uh, so, the, you know, you always hear a lot of people like, wow, it doesn't taste like this percent alcohol. It's like, well, if you're tasting hot alcohol in a beer, there's Somebody something wrong. Up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it really shouldn't be that experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, like, uh, sometimes you, I've had, like, double or triple ipas and i feel that and i'm like mm, I'm, I'm good yeah I mean, I'll, <laughs> I'll just maybe maybe i'll try it again later see if see if it comes back yeah, around but, 
If I no. want something to warm my belly, I'm going to have bourbon. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's that, you know, that it's all about balance. And that's the uh, that's the talent that you guys have is to to dial that into where you don't you don't get those those notes and everything. And that's that's just a testament to the. Yeah, I think, I think everybody's gotten a, a lot better in realizing how important a lot of these like fermentation side controls are and keeping narrow parameters uh, so that you get like the best fermentations you can for those styles. And that would, oh, go ahead. No, just you know that way you're you're getting the expression of that yeast, but without throwing things off that shouldn't be there. So. And I feel like now that the industry is kind of getting smaller and smaller in that we are easily connected to everybody yeah that you can just reach out and you know you have these resources to be able to to kind of find from people who are doing it the right way to see how did you do this yeah absolutely and that's uh you know i i think i mean we especially in this area take full advantage (laughs) of that uh because i mean it, it seems by and large everybody you talk with you know they've all got expertise in different areas. So if I'm heading into doing something I'm unfamiliar with, I can reach out and say, Hey, you know, I'm thinking about doing this. Would this be a good idea? Mm-hmm. Or, <laughs> <laughs> or is it, am yeah. I, am I going a little the wrong way? Right. Yeah. You don't obviously all the time want to, Hey, what are you doing exactly? You know, but kind of like, this is what I was thinking. Yeah, what's your doing. recipe? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is what I was thinking of doing. And is that, a, am I on the right track or yeah. no? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I don't want to just copy your work and, and right. make it look like my own. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Um, th- I, I'm really enjoying just how nice and easy this is to drink. It's you just it makes you want to have another one after yeah. you sip it. Yeah, and that's uh, this is I said this is the beer that I most often have on tap at home. Nice, because <laughs> I just said I can't get enough of it. <laughs> is this usually available if people come down here and yeah, and try? yeah this is this is kind of like a uh, core uh, offering? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we hadn't had a saison on for a long time because when we first opened up um i'd brewed a couple of uh i did like a, a rye saison with some citra hops and stuff in it okay. i thought it was a delightful beer uh but it didn't sell well because i mean we were just burgeoning out here uh and the people around this area you know it's a rural area and nobody really knew anything about saisons or yeah <laughs> so did you also hard... put rye in the name yeah yeah it was just citra rye saison yeah. so people were kind of put off i think by the name a lot and then on top of that they didn't you know the people that were coming out here were what's the closest thing you have to like budweiser yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, at that time there wasn't a lot of people seeking out you know the more interesting craft beers well so. i think that's that's kind of what's nice now is this kind of makes you a destination for people who like something like this. They can, they know, okay, Jake's doing really good saisons. Like, let's head out to Mays Valley. Yeah, and kind of get away with it now. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I mean, we obviously we have a lot more like wholesale accounts, that kind of stuff too. So it's not just the customers in this area that I have to kind of pander to. It's, right. Uh, you know, we're getting this out into accounts where you know you do have more of a craft focused customer base. So, uh, how many places are you guys in now? Um, we've got a little over 200 wholesale accounts. Nice. So mostly Canton Akron area. We've got some stuff down around like Worcester and, you know, a couple of places out towards, uh, uh, Mansfield and Medina. And I I mean, so we're, we're, we try to keep it around a 50 mile radius as much as we can. Um, but we'll pop out to, you know, a couple places here and there if somebody asks, but right. 
we're trying to keep it around the area. So well, that's cool that but, it's it's just a, a sign of the growth that you guys have had from from starting in 2014. Yeah, and I mean it's we've been kind of on the slower pattern here. I mean, you see a lot of breweries that open up around the same time we did that just went you know hog wild with you know expansion and really getting out into like distribution and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And you know we're kind of more of the approach of you know let's let's do what we can afford to do right. <laughs> instead of let's finance the ship and uh, you know see <laughs> yeah. how far we can take right. our loans uh to to try to blow up and get you know statewide or even regional right. uh you know presence so it's you know we've been on a slower pattern which i think has worked well because we've you know been growing but it's not been overwhelming i'm still the only brewery employee (laughs) (laughs) so i'm still making every drop of liquid that comes out of that place for now uh so it's been more manageable for me individually you know know, coming from you know this has been my only professional gigs right it was you know there's definitely a curve you don't have to you also don't have to worry about getting along with your employees (laughs) right right well and i don't have to worry i was saying you know the other day i had a mishap on brew day where my grain mill uh seized up on me and i was preparing to run a sanitation cycle in my fermenter and i just hear this awful belt squealing and then i look over and it's just smoking out of the belt housing and went shut it down and just had an enormous mess to clean up uh so uh, there was definitely good that nobody else was in there that day because the stream of profanity that came out of my mouth was embarrassing yeah it happens uh (laughs) we've all been there right uh in, in, in something like that it's it's justified um but the It's nice to do it the slow and steady pace. You know, my day job, I have to I have to stock beer shelves. I'm the I'm a buyer for a grocery store. And so I see every day the struggle to find space on my shelf for something that just came out. You know, like uh, I RJ just hit distribution, which is really cool. Uh, We got a couple cases of, of his beer at at our store and it was, you know, finding three or four spaces to put stuff. I mean, I did it because I want to have Arche on my shelf. I'll, yeah. I'll cut stuff out to sure. put local yeah, always, on uh, there. There's always some places you can yeah, cut. Yeah, absolutely. Out, but... Stone, you can go. No. Um, <laughs> lo- we can do, lo- I want to, you know, try to keep it, keep local. And it's it's a, it's a daily struggle to find yeah. space. And every day people come in and they're like, hey, here's this and here's this. It's like, we can't carry everything. And so, don't you it's nice to not to get into that into that side of things and unless you absolutely have to sure and that's kind of you know uh my biggest thing is you know i i fear for a loss of i think like anybody that is passionate about this job you kind of fear for a loss of quality if you right scale up you know way too quickly and you're just trying to fill those distro orders um so it's been nice being able to like maintain a pretty tight control on what leaves here, yeah, uh, and not have to worry about, oh man, did we just send out you know thirty barrels uh, worth of cans that you know might explode or you right. know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I don't want to end up on yeah, worse beer blog. The thing, yeah, the <laughs> things I deal with now are, are largely, I mean, when I'm, we're doing packaged beer like canning, you know, things that can go wrong there are largely out of my hands at this point because yeah. it's you know. All I can do is ensure that what's going into that bright tank is is of the best quality I can make. Uh, you know, if anything happens on canning day, you know, right? And, and it does sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. It can be uh, it can be painful. <laughs> so. Yeah. 
Um, so Silo Killer, if somebody wanted to, do you do to go here? Can you? Yeah, I mean, you know, we do. Uh, we have a crawler machine as well. Oh, nice. So you can do uh, growler fills or crawlers and. So if somebody wanted to, if they were going to maybe take this home and eat with it, or uh, what would you recommend uh, goes well with this? Um, I would think you know. Uh, any type of, of seafood or chicken, uh, you know, kind of anything that would pair well with a white wine uh, is basically what I tell people with this beer. Because um, you do get kind of that slight, you know, fruitiness and a little bit of spice with yeah. it. Uh, so so any of those type of dishes. Uh, blue cheeses work really well with this beer. Nice. <laughs> so it's... There, there's a range of things that are that are that it pairs really well with. Absolutely, so. I uh, I loved it. I I crushed it. Very um, good. <laughs> it's already gone. I'm still working um, on it. But I'll get there. But we're 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 not doing full pours, just yeah. so so the audience knows, so that it's not it's not like I'm. Uh, it looks like I have a problem. Um, anything else that I might be forgetting to cover about the silo killer that you wanted to get out before we head to next week's episode? Um, no, I think we uh, covered that one pretty well. So. Awesome. Uh, tune in next week for another all-new episode of the Taproom Exclusive here at Mays Valley.